Let us pray. Holy and gracious Father, we thank and praise you for your word. We thank and praise you that in, in the parable this morning that we heard, that the vineyard owner doesn't rest, but continues to go out to seek laborers, to seek those who have no work, to seek them and to be generous to them. Holy and gracious Father, we ask that you would be generous to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read to you one more time the second half of today's parable from Matthew 20, starting with verse 8. It says, When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a day's wages. So then, so when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive much more. I imagine 12 times more. But each one of them came and also received a denarius, a day's wages. When they received it, they began to grumble, like those Israelites grumbled in the wilderness against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But then he answered one of them, friend. Three times in Matthew the word friend is used, and it's all used in a negative way. To Judas, the moment he was being betrayed, Jesus said, friend. So friend, this is not a happy word. It's like, look, pal. That's probably a better translation. I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a day's wage, a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Do I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. What in the world are we to do with this parable? I mean, what's this about? They all got the same wage. Is Jesus telling us that really what we do doesn't matter? Jesus, do you mean to tell me that all my hard-earned religious cash isn't worth anything? Why did I go to seminary? Do you mean to tell me that all those efforts still add up to nothing in my account? How in the world can that be fair? And how in the world can we thank God or praise God for being unfair to us. Well, in today's reading, Jesus tells us a shocking parable about a man who hires workers to work his vineyard. And as the day advances, he knows that the work is too much to be done for that day, and he continues to go out and get more workers. And at the last 11th hour, there still needs more work to be done. So in the last hour, he grabs them, and he hires the last people who weren't hired and brought them to work the final hour. So far, no problem. I mean, any of us know that the, Jesus always said that the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Anyone who's ever had a deadline knows that at crunch time, you will do what's necessary to get the job done. In fact, there's a story my dad likes to tell me about uh, when he and my mom were, were dating. My mom had a paper that she had to, to write. And it was, it was, she wrote the whole thing by hand, but then it had to be typed, and she had no time. And so my dad was clever, and he... he he took these 12 pages, 
and gave them to 12 different people in the typing class, and they all started typing it. <laughs> well, you know how typewriters were. You know, when it's said and done, the report's turned in, one page has this much, one page has that much, different color ink, different color type. It was a whole mess. But when push comes to shove, you will do what's necessary to get the job done. And that's what the owner does. There's no problem with this so far. It's at payday, it's at that pay time that all of us see the problem. Because at the end of the day, they all got the same wage. The man who works 12 hours in the sun, who's tired, gets the same wage as the one who works one hour and who sat around all day doing nothing. I have to admit, I hate this parable. I, this is not a nice parable for me. In fact, I was typing yesterday in the morning early while all my neighbors were getting in their boats, you know, to go out and play. And I thought, this isn't fair. It isn't fair. I mean, you can't run a business this way, can you? It goes against everything we've been taught. The hardest worker is supposed to get the biggest reward. Early to bed, early to rise makes a person healthy, wealthy, and wise. The early bird gets the... I mean, we know this. This is how it works, isn't it? It doesn't seem fair to pay a person who worked one hour the same wage as a person who worked the entire day. I don't like this parable, and I'm being honest with you. It's not... I don't like it. Now, of course, the owner is justified in doing this because in verse 2 it says that they all agreed to the wage. And in fact, that word agree means the root word is just or justified. So the owner is justified in paying them the day's wage. He's not shortchanging the workers. So he's just in doing this. They agreed to the, to the price. They had a meeting of their minds. He's justified to do this. But just because it's just doesn't mean it's fair. Doesn't mean we have to like it. And yet the question for us in this passage is, does God have to be fair? I mean, that's really the question. Does God have to be fair? He has to be just, but does God have to be fair to us? And the answer is no. Listen to verse 15. Do I, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money. In other words, God is saying, or Jesus is saying, God's answering. Doesn't God have the right to do as he pleases? Isn't God free? Does he have to be fair? No. Remember back in the burning bush, Moses asked God for his name, and God says, my name is Yahweh, which is translated, I am who I am. Do you know what that really means? God is saying, I am who I am. I can do what I want. I'm not ruled by you. I'm completely free of you. That's what the word Yahweh means. God is free. He can do whatever he pleases. Now that's a scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, am I the only one who's scared by that idea that God is completely free? That he doesn't have to be just? Or he's just, but he doesn't have to be fair? I mean, that scares me to death. 
Now, I don't mind God being free when he's up in heaven. You know, God, start the clock, wind it, be free all you want in heaven. But don't choose to come down and break into our lives. God, set up your rules out there. Set them up 2,500 years ago. But don't come into my life now. Don't come into my life when I'm sitting in church. That's not why I'm here. Don't break in. I know you're free to, but don't. We kind of like God out of the picture a little bit so we don't have to deal with him. And even more, if God's free and he's willing to break into our lives, what's he going to do? What's he going to do when he actually breaks into our life? And what does God do with his freedom? That's even a more scary thought. I think many people think what God does in his freedom is he acts like Santa Claus. And what he does is he sits there and he goes, well, you've been good, so here's your presence. Oh, little Johnny, you haven't been so good. Here's your coal or your punishment. A lot of people think that's how God works. And yet, when I look at the news, I can't believe that. Because there's no way that a CEO is getting rewarded by God when he gets $90 million when the company goes bankrupt. They're right then and there, there's no way that God acts like a Santa in that regard. Am I the only one who thinks this way? No. I mean, it's like, never mind, I'm not going to go there. So. Even more, though, what else? Some of us think that what God does in his freedom is, uh, is plays tricks on us. I mean, there's a lot of literature that talks about God being sort of a trickster. In fact, some of us even think this way. And I have a true story that happened. It's, it's not a joke. A pastor, was a, he had a kitty that he loved, and the kitty walked up, got stuck in a tree. Well, the pastor knew that if he climbed on the branch, it would break. He probably had too many donuts and, and coffee. Pastors do that. So he got a great idea. He, he tied a rope around the branch, tied it, and he tried to pull down. He couldn't pull down enough, so he tied the other end of the rope to his truck. And he went slow to get the branch down low enough so that he can get his calf. When he stopped, everyone knows what happened, right? And it's a true story. I mean, the rope withers and, boom, there goes the cat. Surprise the pastor, of course. The next day he's in the store, and he sees this woman buying cat food. It gets better, because this woman hated cats. In fact, her daughter would pester her for cats all the time, and she said, no, you can't have a cat. Finally, being pestered so much, the woman said, look, you go in the backyard, you pray to God for a cat. If he gives you one, you can have one. And she said, you know, pastor, it fell right out of the sky. You're never going to believe me. The pastor said, I think I do believe you. <laughs> you know, I think some of us think that's how God operates. You know, God's always there to play a little trick on us in that way, and that's what he does with his freedom. But that's not what he does with his freedom. I mean, God's working in that somehow, but, but that's not what God does with his freedom. Instead, in this passage, we see exactly what God does with his freedom. In verse 15, the second half of verse 15, Jesus says, Or are you envious because I'm generous? Now, if you go to the King James or the literal Greek, it says, 
Is your eye evil because I'm good? Is your eye evil because I'm good? Are you upset in this parable ultimately, not because I rewarded the people who worked all day with a good wage, but aren't you upset because God actually gave to someone what they didn't deserve? Isn't that what really bugs us? That God can actually be generous to someone who doesn't deserve it? That the lazy person or the person who doesn't work all day but the last hour gets everything? Isn't that ultimately what makes us so mad? It's God's goodness, his generosity. I mean, I think that's what bugs us. We want God to hate the people we hate. We want to do what Stephen Brown did. And he says this. He says, you know, there's not many church problems that can't be fixed with a few funerals. <laughs> I promise I'm not looking at anyone at this time. <laughs> right? But, but that's what we want, right? We want God to strike them, not us. We want God to get them. That's how we wish God would operate. And it bugs us, it makes us mad when God's actually generous to the person we don't want him to be generous to. When God is gracious, out of his goodness, out of his freedom, that's what's upsetting. It upsets me. It upsets all of us. But God's free. And in his freedom, he chooses not to play tricks on us or to be a bookkeeper in the sky. In his freedom... He chooses to be generous, to be gracious, to give us what we don't deserve. And praise God for that. I mean, let's flip this over for a moment. Do we have any chance before a holy God if God gives to us what we deserve? I mean, you know your own hearts. You know your own life. You know your own struggle. You know your own doubts. Do you have any chance whatsoever before a holy and perfect God if God were to give you what you deserve? Do you have any chance? No. And so praise God that he's unfair. Praise God that he gives us what we don't deserve. In fact, let's look at this from the vantage point, not of the, the worker who worked all 12 hours, because that's what we usually think. Let's look at it from the person who worked the one hour. This is good news. In fact, if we're honest with ourselves, the people who labored all day are the Moseses. And they're the St. Pauls. The Peters. I mean, in our reading from Philippians, the Paul who, who was thrown in jail for the gospel. I mean, that's a man who gets a pretty good wage. Are we St. Paul's or St. Peter's? We're Christians, but, but, I mean, they did great things. The Martin Luther's, I mean, I have 50-something volumes of Luther's writings all about God. How many volumes have you written? Right, do you really want what you deserve? Or maybe the good news in all of this is that God is so generous, he gives us what we don't deserve. In fact, the same paradise that's given to Luther is to given to you. The same Seat at the table that the Apostle Paul gets, you get. And not because you've earned it, but because God wants to give it to you. Isn't that good news? God is not fair, and praise God for that. 
Because in his goodness, he gives us everything. Even more. Doesn't this parable mean that the God who's free to butt into our lives at any time to give us forgiveness and to give us an equal amount, doesn't this mean then in when our children are baptized that the same Jesus has given to a pastor's daughter in baptism is given to your daughter or your son? And doesn't it mean that the same Christ that the President of the United States receives if he takes the Lord's Supper or when is the same Jesus that you get? Doesn't it mean that the stars who make $20 million movies, which we go, they can pay way too much, but who have all the benefits in this world, that you get that same Jesus as they do? means you're not second-class citizens. It means that God loves you. Instead of cursing God because he's not fair, let us praise God for being unfair and praise God for his grace and mercy. Now to that final question, but what about our good deeds? Does this mean we don't have to do anything? What about the work to do? Well, that work still matters. It doesn't matter to your account. You don't need that work, but your neighbor does. I needed it when I was 17, when, when they decided to have church that day, and when people gave of their money and gave of their time so we could have church that day. So the neighbor down the road that doesn't need Jesus or doesn't know Jesus needs your good work. Those little kids who are going to Sunday school, they need Sunday school teachers. It's not so you get more points, but so that they can get what you've gotten. God's forgiveness. God's love is mercy. And so let us work. Let us work, work, work. But even more, let us praise God that he gives to us what we don't deserve. Oh, Lord, be more unfair to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.